today on CityCast DC. I'm so scared. It's spooky season, oh and our team is on a field trip to Markov's Haunted Forest, which we've learned is actually really haunted. <laughs> Paul Brubacher is the head of operations for the haunt. He's here to prepare us, or maybe just pump us for information to scare us more before we head into this thing. It's Thursday, October 20th, 2022. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. So we're here at Markov's Haunted Forest. So far, the experience has been really interesting. It's a beautiful grounds. How did this get started? Like, take us through the history of this place becoming what it is today. Well, first off, thank you for coming out, Bridget. It's awesome to have you guys. Uh, super excited to do your podcast. Kaleva was the parent company that actually does the Haunted Forest, and Kaleva was funded and started by the Haunted Forest. So the three brothers, Nick, Matt, and Alex, decided back in the day uh, when they were in college that they really wanted to do a kids' camp. Their parents had had something similar to it, and they've grown up being camp counselors, and they thought, we could do this better. So uh, long and the short, they had a bus out in Utah that they were kind of living in, and they drove this old Bluebird bus back across the country. As the legend goes, they decorated the inside of it to be a little walkthrough attraction, and they would park it in parking lots all over Montgomery County, and some people would be excited about it. The cops were definitely people that were not excited about it. <laughs> so after getting tossed out of a bunch of parking lots and getting enough people to actually go through and spend the dollar or two dollars to see this little mobile haunt, they were eventually able to raise enough funds to incorporate and become Kaleva, which is a 501 nonprofit that focuses solely on getting kids and adults outside and unplugged. How has the um, haunted forest changed over the years? Oh, it. <laughs> we started underneath a tarp with all of our stuff just thrown there, and we'd all haul our stuff out into the woods. I mean, geez, 30 years ago. Uh, it was actually at a different location. And then when they acquired the farm after they incorporated and became Kaleva, it started out here, but it was very rudimentary. We didn't have electricity. We didn't have air power. We just kind of winged it with candles stuck out all over the place, simple costumes, probably 15 actors. And we were happy if we had 100 people in one night. Probably two or three years later, we were getting close to a thousand people a night. And then from there, it just reinvest, reinvest, and everything took off. Since we've been walking around, it does seem like a big family here. Like, people of all ages. It's like, what's the vibe like here at Markov's? It's incredible family vibe. I mean, we have some of our campers have started off as campers, and then they became scare actors, and now they are general managers. Everybody is family. And some of these people we don't see for, you know, nine to 10 months out of the year, haunt season starts, boom, they're here every day. It's like, oh, hey, guys, it's a big party. I would be remiss to not mention that our producer, Julia, was a former camper, and Markov's is turning 30 this year, as is our producer, Julia. So it's exactly what you said. So many young people probably have fond memories of coming out here as a youth, and now they're, it's like part of their life professionally. Absolutely. I wasn't a counselor, but I came probably their second year in operation and just said, hey, guys, this is awesome. They said, well, do you want to help? 26 years later, here I am sitting here talking to you and representing the company, which is fantastic. So as we've been walking around, we've seen a lot of the sort of different haunts and spooks that you have, but it's not just the average like, oh, it's a ghost. There's Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're jokey. Tell us a bit about some of the the various spooks and kooks and haunts here at the forest. I mean, the spooks and kooks are pretty much our actors. We, we have people from all walks of life, anywhere from 12-year-olds all the way up to 65-year-olds that just love it and they come back every year. But the thing that makes us different from other attractions is just 
the eclectic nature of how we lay things out. Most haunts have a storyline where you go, hey, this is a town and everybody died and this is what happens. We're going, eh, whatever, we're in the mood to build. So you'll go from a, a circus tent to a UFO to a dungeon to a crypt to a Viking to a, a random thing. We don't even know what it is. But we focus on just eclectic, using random things and not gore. We don't do a lot of gore stuff here. We do a lot of pop scares. We create a huge atmosphere. You'll notice when you guys walk through, there's fog everywhere. There's different colored lights everywhere. All this stuff has been designed and built in-house. Things that set us apart is we don't buy a lot of things. We build the things ourselves. I imagine that this is probably an outlet for just people who like to get their hands dirty and build cool stuff. Is that the case? It, it is. I don't think any of us here own a pair of clean pants. And even after we wash them, they still look dirty. So I just look like a hobo <laughs> walking into the Safeway after work every day. You were kind enough to give us a tour of the grounds. And one of the things I noticed was a pig in a jar. What is going on with that? We are an agricultural farm as well, an educational agricultural farm. And on occasion, some of the animals, they'll have a miscarriage or, you know, something of natural causes happens. And one day, one of the owners says, hey, man, we got a bunch of these fetal pigs. They're dead. And I went, ah, you know what? We have some formula. Let's just go ahead and petrify them and put them in jars. They'd be awesome props. So we've got a couple of them. There's actually a whole case of them down in a box I haven't even put out yet. They're just kind of hanging out. That's something I love about taking the tour of the of the area is all the different little spooky things in the corner that are in the offices and stuff. I'm looking right now at a box of Frankenberry, the spooky cereal. Oh, that's my breakfast. Come on now. That stuff is <laughs> they brought that back. It's childhood delight right there. Holy cow. I love it. Um our team is about to walk through the forest. Some of us are scaredy cats. Excellent. Do you have any I mean so this is gonna be spooky, but like Level with me. How spooky are we talking? It's pretty scary. You know, it just depends. It depends on what gets you scared. Some people don't like spiders. Some people don't like snakes. We have both of those out there, you know, because you're walking out in the woods. You know, we see them every day. They're black snakes that just come crossing across the path on random. So good luck with that. Is it spooky and scary? Yes, for sure. And for me, it's even spooky and scary when I'm out there by myself at night shutting things down. And I just get this creep going, oh, somebody's watching me. It's either my staff getting ready to prank me or there's legit somebody out there messing around. And the cool thing about the haunted forest and the property is it's actually a civil war grounds. Don't quote me on what side came across what part of the river, but there are trenches on the other side of the farm that are there. We do actually have a graveyard on the other side, and some of the stones are as old as 1890. So we do have a little bit of actual haunted stuff happening. Have you ever gotten reports of like legit spooky stuff that is not just an actor trying to mess with you? Well, yes. All of us have had a moment where we swore somebody was there looking at us. You know, we've never had ghost hunters come out and do a, a bit. But yeah, I mean, it's creepy. It's creepy enough as it is, especially if you're in the city and you come out. I mean, the drive itself is 45 minutes from D.C. So in the dark, forget about it. It's awesome. So as we're about to go through the haunted forest, do you give, have any tips for us or how we might either enjoy it more or how do we go through it and not completely crap our pants in fear? <laughs> <laughs> we used to sell Depends at the uh, at the merchandise booth back in the day. Uh, I would absolutely, number one tip is do not take your cell phone out because we recover probably 15 to 20 cell phones a night and then some we never recover. The people just use them as flashlights or they're taking selfies and then they get scared and the phone goes out in the middle of nowhere. Um, we've had people lose their wedding rings, jewelry, things. I mean, we walk the trail the next day and just find all kinds of stuff. And it's kind of a race to get out into the parking lot or out in the woods first to see who can find the most money. Yeah, stuff comes, you reach in your pocket, 20 or 30 bucks on the ground. What's the weirdest thing you found? I don't think I could actually publish that. <laughs> oh my God. We, we, we found all kinds of things. I mean, we found, God, we found a dildo one year. We've definitely caught people having sex out there. They think that they can just duck off into a quiet corner, but we're always watching. We always know. 
And my favorite is somebody goes just to, they duck off the trail, they go to take a leak behind a tree, and I'll just come around and put my shoulder on them and go, oh man, do you actually pee with that thing? What is that? You heard it here first, listeners. If you come to Markov's Haunted Forest, someone is always watching. Yes. Don't try to dip off to a corner. They do will not. see you. We will find you. We've got night vision goggles too. Those are always fun. So. I love it. Uh, how long is the trail? The trail this year, uh, we combined trail one and two, trail two due to COVID. And we actually loved it so much because it's exhaustingly long now. It's almost almost a mile. It's about three quarters of a mile or so, a little over. It takes you about a half hour to 45 minutes to do it, unless you're running. And uh, we can we can walk that trail, just the ownership. Like when we go through into our safety walks, it takes us about a half hour at a good clip. Just get all the way through. I guess working here, you probably really get your steps in. You're probably walking all day long. I used to weigh 300 pounds. Look at me now. I'm like a buck 60. So soaking wet. When you're not doing spooky season for Halloween, what else is going on on the grounds? We're all taking naps. (laughs) (laughs) This is absolutely exhausting. So when we're not doing spooky stuff, actually, Kaleva is running programs about three quarters of the year. And we are doing other things for them. We're getting boats built. We're getting gear prepped. We're doing repairs to the buildings. We've got several campuses around the D.C. area that we operate, including the farm, which is 200 acres which in itself is a lot of maintenance. Yeah, I've heard stories about a little bit that you all would do involving some horses. Is there any truth to this? Uh, (laughs) We could go so many different directions with this. Uh, So what we used to do when we were a little smaller and had the space is we would have several of our equestrian riders dress their horses up and do the actual headless horseman and chase you through the parking lot or chase you through the woods. That was awesome. But sadly enough, we got too big and we have too many people that it's really kind of a liability to have a horse riding through 3000 people. Sad. Yeah, it is sad that you're not doing it anymore. I can imagine after or before going through a haunted forest, um, a headless horseman coming at me that I was not expecting. I could imagine that being a real surprise. It was cool. They would gallop down the logging road and just at you full bore and you just come around a corner and there's this horse that's all lit up charging at you. So, yeah, it was awesome. How are you able to keep that safe? Experienced riders in smaller groups. You know, it's just about just how the path wound. So you'd be walking towards them and then the path would turn and the horse would ride in a different direction. So it kind of looked like it was coming right for you. But and then it ducked off. That makes sense. The town here that we're in is so beautiful. And the way that you have the area set up where folks can come and enjoy pizza and wine and not actually be spooked while they're doing it. How has that set up come to be? Uh, Well, we used to set this up every year and we got so big with the camp business and so big with the haunt business, we decided we're going to have to separate and just acquire, you know, a little bit more real estate for the haunt so we can put up some permanent structures. And it makes our life so much easier not to have to put that stuff up every year. It was exhausting. So we can focus more on the haunt versus setting up the little cursed village is what we call it. Because we also have something called the town, which is a wild western experience. You take a tram ride from here across to the other side of the property and it's a whole western theme haunt. Wow. Yeah, it's very actor driven versus the woods where it's a lot of creepy pop out scares. And then we have the Curse Village where we have live entertainment going on out there where we have the aerial activities such as the zip line or the log roll. So it's free for everybody to come in. Once you get your ticket, you can just come on in. You don't even need a ticket to come in to do the Curse Village. You can do all the activities and enjoy all the food for, well, not for free, obviously, but you don't have to pay to get in to access those things. The thing that makes us different is that you're not standing in a line the whole time. A lot of these haunts don't have the property that we do. So we decided a long time ago, we're just going to make this giant waiting area and just entertain you. That way you're not stuck in a line like Disney and just standing and standing and standing. So number system, your number's called, you go into a group of about 70, you line up in the queue, takes you about 20 minutes to empty that queue line out and you're in the woods. So the most we want you to wait is no more than a half hour in a line. In other haunted forests I've been to or like haunted houses, 
the waiting part does sort of take away from the fun and the atmosphere. Yeah, come have some food, come have a drink, relax by the bonfires. And when we say bonfires, they're about 30 feet around. That we, we actually have to get a special permit from the EPA to have these bonfires because when we say bonfire, yeah, they're 30 feet around. The logs are on average two to three feet in diameter by 15 feet long, all piled up. When you say bonfire, you mean bonfire. You're not yes. messing around. Yes. If you were to do some s'mores on those, you need about a 30-foot stick. So. Wow. What's your favorite scare on the trail? My favorite scare, and the one that gets me every single time, there's one dude that hides in the graveyard, and I don't know where he... He just pops up out of nowhere, and it's a simple one. And you hide behind a candle, and as you're walking towards that candle, you can't see because the light's in your face. And this dude just pops out of nowhere and then pops back again. He gets me every damn time. Even though I know he's around there somewhere, he just moves around enough. Drives me insane. But th those are my favorite, just simple, easy to do scares. Nothing elaborate, no no dramatic storyline. Just boom, bam, done. And he gets you even though you know it's there. Even I know though he's you there. Set the space up. A chance, well, most of the time I'm running through with something in my uh, radio blaring in my ear and I'm just kind of ducking around things. Bam, he got me again. I'm like, God damn it, man. Every time. Like, give that guy an award. He wins. <laughs> he got me again. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So, what about you, Julia? Is there anything from your childhood trips to Markovs that really stands out to you? I think one of the things that means a lot to me about this is that, like, every year there's a nostalgia factor that you kind of, like, can't get rid of. Like, you grew up coming here and you grew up getting spooked and then you become an adult and you also get spooked. Uh, it's, I don't know, there's something about constantly being here and having it be, a, like, a different experience every time but having that core similarity throughout. So I'm excited for you guys. That that was solid. I couldn't have said that. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Paul Brubacher, thank you so much for being here. Well, uh, thank you for having me. And we hope we make it through the haunted forest. If not, I'm your first aid guy, too, so I'll piece you back together. <laughs> so after this interview, it was time for us to go through the forest itself. Now, we obviously can't totally give away all the surprises that are in store for you if you visit Markov's. But here's a little taste test for you, so you can know what you'll be in for. Enjoy, maybe. <laughs> One, two, three, three, three yes! <laughs> Are we gonna make it out of here? I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> Oh, 
So I know we sound terrified, but believe me, we had a blast at the forest. Markov's is about an hour outside of D.C., and the hunt is open until October 31st. So get out there before it's too late. And now some quick news. Lead producer Priyanka Tilvey is here. What's happening around town, Priyanka? So first off, the D.C. Housing Authority drama continues. The Post reports that one in four public housing units in the city are sitting vacant, while 20,000 people are on standby on the wait list. It's estimated that the vacancies cost more than $10 million in foregone rent and federal subsidies every year. DCHA's director is blaming these vacancies on her predecessor. She's been in the role, though, since June of 2021. Meanwhile, Children's National Hospital is nearing capacity and is expected to stay that way for a while. The most recent survey, which was earlier this month, showed that all inpatient beds are occupied and only 2% capacity was left in the ICU. The hospital says there's been a major increase in visits for respiratory illnesses and also cites flu season as a main culprit. They're recommending that you use urgent care for anything less than a medical emergency. And lastly, Metro's new Silver Line extension out to Dulles International Airport is ready for use. But there's a catch. Because most of the 7,000 series trains are still sidelined, riders actually won't be able to use that extension until after Thanksgiving. So you're on your own for that first set of holiday travel. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. And we've got more spooky Halloween content coming for you later in this month on both the podcast and the newsletter. Subscribe to both through our website at dc.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Bye. They're going to straight up murder you. (laughs) You'd look really good in one of my jars. That was the creepiest thing I've said in the past 20 minutes.